The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look who's come out of his cave. Hey, it's Jared here for Cave Dweller Music, and I'm pretty stoked to be presenting this episode of our podcast. After its announcement and postponement and re-announcement and further postponement, Atlanta's noise rock power trio, Hawes, are finally coming to Australia and New Zealand in just over a week from when this goes to air. I was able to catch Christian, guitarist and vocalist for the band, fresh from the US tour, their first in nearly three years, and we were able to discuss the upcoming tour and how whores have navigated the new hurdles associated with touring. This will be the first time whores have been down to Australia and New Zealand, and I guarantee it's going to be something you don't want to miss. Uh, the tour starts on the Gold Coast on August 4th and then goes on to Brisbane, Sydney, Wollongong, Auckland, down to Melbourne for a newly announced show, then off to Frankston, back to Melbourne, and then finishes up in Adelaide. Uh, you can look for tickets via Get On The Stage or Your Mate Bookings on Facebook or through the Horse website, which is horseband.com. Anyway, let's get on with the chat. Here's Christian from Horse. Enjoy. This morning, Australia time, and in the evening, Atlanta time, uh, we have got Christian from Horse joining us. Hey, Christian, how Hello. are you? I'm good. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, <laughs> having a bit of a rusty start to the morning, but it's all good. Um, what time is it there? It is currently, uh, it's just about to go nine o'clock in the morning here. So, okay. Yeah. So, and it's, uh, yeah, rather cold, which I, I, I guess you're, uh, you maybe weren't expecting as you're about to prepare to come down to Australia. Yeah. It's always weird to wrestle with, the. Uh the opposite hemisphere weather thing, even though intellectually, you know, it somehow it just feels weird, yeah. you know, Christmas and summer. It's just nuts to me, but I'm sure it's all that to you. But yeah. Yeah. It's hot as hell in Atlanta, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it is. Uh, it's absolutely freezing here. So uh, I guess, <laughs> I guess sort of thinking of that, like, do you guys, did you guys have much of an idea of what it's going to be like to come down to Australia in the winter? Like, it, no it's idea. Not, it, it's not going to be too crazy when you're up in the northern states, but when you get down to, to like Victoria, it's going to be pretty cold, I'd imagine. So, dang, really? Wow. Yeah. Is there is there like a bit of a a misconception? I guess that um, that it's always hot and sunny everywhere down here, and it's all yes. I yeah. think that is the. I think that is what people think for sure. <laughs> Well, you might get a little bit of a shock when you get to Melbourne. <laughs> Jeez, I better bring a coat. Huh? Yeah. Oh. Wow. Anyway, anyway, moving on from that. So um, you've just got back from a tour. Uh, yeah, we've been home for a couple days, but we leave again on Friday for a couple more shows and then some uh, another week in the studio. Uh, and then we've got a, about a week off and then we go to Australia, New Zealand for a couple of weeks and then come back to the States and got like another week off or maybe four days. And then we go to psycho Las Vegas festival. Yeah. Obviously in Las Vegas. And then same thing, like an, another week off. And then we, uh, we have a festival in Tennessee called muddy roots. Um, so yeah, man, we're, we're happy to get back to work. It's been a real long time since we've been able to keep 
a busy schedule like this. So no complaints. Yeah. And, and you guys have got the album coming out later on in the year too. So I guess that means more shows. For sure. Uh, we're trying to plot uh, and plan uh, as much as we can. We're already, we're already working on next year. Uh, there's three different tours that we're already sort of plotting out for next year. So, uh, yeah, we're ready to get rolling again, man. Yeah, making up for lost time, no doubt. Absolutely. So how has it been over the last... I think you guys did like nearly 30 dates or something like that in a really short time. Um, yeah. How's it been navigating that with all the uh, the COVID stuff and just, um, I guess, maybe not being as used to touring as you would have been in the past? Yeah, it, uh, it definitely took a, a, a moment to kind of get everyone's sea legs, for back, lack of a better term. Uh, it definitely took a while. I mean, we have, uh, prior to the pandemic, we had, I mean, we're sort of, I, I think we're sort of known as a heavy touring band and, and we like that, you know, but uh, getting out of it for nearly three years was, was crazy. And uh, we hated it. I mean, we just hated it, not being able to play shows and connect with people. And, you know, we have to work jobs that we're not necessarily crazy about. And yeah, it's uh so getting back to it, I mean, tra traveling is, and you know, the physical act of playing the shows, it's cliche to say, but it's, you know, it's one hour out of a 24 hour day. So like the, the travel aspect of it is, is what really you have to get used to not really playing shows every night, but traveling every day, really yeah. kind of getting your sleep schedule, you know, worked out for what you need and, you know, dietary stuff and all those things that, you know, you just sort of get accustomed to it and it becomes second nature once you're doing it a lot, but you stop doing it and start living what passes for a normal life. And there's definitely some adjustment that takes, it takes a, a little time, a week or two really to get sort of back a hundred percent, you know? Yeah. So how have you gone about it differently this time? Like obviously the world's a very different place after the last three years. So are you guys, having to be ultra careful with everything that you do just to make sure that you can get to the show that night or. Yeah. I mean, we had to cancel a handful of shows, uh, at the, uh, at the beginning of this tour because two of us got sick and we had, uh, you know, quarantine until we were negative and it's just a fact of life now, you know? And, um, we were really worried. I mean, they felt really bad. We had to, you know, we had to basically let down people who were coming to see us and let down the promoters who had, who had booked the show. I mean, it's just how it has to be. There's no, there's no way around it. You know, you can't put people at risk. It's just, you know, it's, I mean, I hate that it's become such a politically charged uh, issue um, because in my mind, it's a health issue first yeah. and foremost. And I just sort of, I listen to people who know more than me, you know, and you know, you have to, I, I have to trust them. And, you know, I understand people's different perspective and they're certainly entitled to their opinion and they can live their own life the way they, they want to live it. But I, you know, I know enough to know that I don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah. So I just listen to the people who ostensibly do know what's going on, or at least people who know, know best, even if they don't hundred percent know, I'm going to defer to them. I'm, you know, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it was kind of weird at, at first. And right when we, 
right when the, a couple of us got sick, we also, our air conditioning went out in the van and we were in the Southwest United States in the desert in Arizona, New Mexico, West Texas, and it was 104 degrees. We had no AC, two of us were sick. We blew out a trailer tire and lost the fender on the driver's side of our trailer. I mean, this is all like a 72 hour period. It just went sideways. Yeah. Um, but once we got back on track um, with all of things, and I think the LA show was really the start of when it started just popping off like crazy. And every show after that was just killer. Yeah. Yeah. And are you finding that um, people are generally more hungry for the show now too? I guess. I think I- it's, a, it's a mix. I, I wasn't sure if people were going to be just totally go crazy or if they were going to be more reserved. Because um, an argument can be made for either sort of disposition but um it was sort of a mix we had some people come out that went absolutely crazy and sort of riled up the rest of the crowd which we love just sort of instigators you know and there were a couple towns i mean los angeles was incredible uh port portland was unbelievable like packed and really energetic Uh, i've lost your audio there are am i back yeah yeah you're back now all right. Um, Chicago and Minneapolis were incredible. Boston and New York were incredible. Raleigh was incredible. I mean, we had, you know, over half of the shows were just like we never missed a day. You know, yeah. it was really terrific. Um, and there are some nights where you'll be playing to a nice sized crowd who are obviously there to see you um, because it was like we were. You know, we had two bands opening the tour, but it was our tour. So, like, but they were just standing there and staring at us like we were in a fishbowl. It was weird. And, like, you can't chastise them for doing that because you have to show gratitude for them being there in the first place. But sometimes it's just odd. Like, why is no one moving? Like, we're up there going crazy, all three of us. And, like, before we started recording, I told you, like, I tore some a muscle like I get hurt on every single tour we do because we go off, you know? Um, and when we're doing that and it's not being reciprocated, it's just weird. I don't understand what's going on. I can sometimes. imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, for the most part, it wasn't that way, but when, when that does happen, it's always shocking. Does that kind of spur you on to go a little bit harder just to sort of make up for that? Or is it something that you kind of feel a little bit deflated by or? Sometimes uh, I learned early on in, you know, when we really started touring real heavy and I I would sort of focus on the one person who was like, had their arms crossed and was kind of scowling at us. And then I realized that, you know, I'm not going to give someone who's not having a good time all of my energy. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to concentrate on the people who are throwing down and like, you know, I'll point people out in the crowd while we're playing. And, you know, I say, like, look at this person. This person is having fun. You guys look at this person. See how much fun they're having? You guys should be good. Like, I totally just focus on the people who are, who are into it. And it's the same way with booking shows. Like, if we do really well in one town and don't do as well in another town, I'm not going to try to get that other town up to par. I'm going to concentrate on the people who want us there and put on a killer show for them. 
and not even go to those other towns. We don't have yeah. to be all things to all people. Yeah. You know? Well, I guess so I, I learned early on to concentrate on the good stuff and kind of give them all my focus and energy. Yeah. That sounds like a perfect way to do it. And I guess those yeah. people, I guess those people that do really want to see you are, are going to be willing to, to spend a bit of time traveling to a show, I guess. For sure. We get, we get that a lot. People say they travel X amount of time to come see us because we didn't play in their town. And it's yeah. a bummer, you know, we want to be everywhere, but you know, we're not going to go to a town and ask them, you know, to do us a favor by hosting our band. It's like, yeah, you know, I mean, we don't, we just don't have to go there. You know, we can just keep going. It's okay. And I'm not even mad about it. I get it. Sometimes it's a financial thing or, or whatever. I totally respect that. Be that as it may, we're not coming. We're going to yeah. go to the places where people want us. Yeah. Well, um, just having a look at the places that you're going in Australia, you've got quite a, a decent list compared to, to many bands that come out. Um, oh, good. People are still going to have to travel, but uh, I think you'll find that people will be more than willing to. Um, you know, we've been waiting. I think it was 2020 that the shows got announced and we've been waiting. Yeah, right as, uh, right as it was happening, uh, right as... 2019 turned into 2020 i was messaging with a promoter saying like hey i don't know if you're following the news or not but something's going on and he was like yeah you know i see it's going on but like you know let's let's maybe be a little more conservative about it and not really worry about it so we have to and i was like that's why i brought it up i think we have to worry about it yeah so yeah it's been scheduled and and god bless him you know it's been rescheduled i think either three or four times at this point. So we're really hungry to get over there and rip it super hard, you know? Yeah. I, I think I remember sending you a message sometime last year saying, Hey, I, I think it's been rescheduled. And I think at yeah. that point you were surprised by it. Like everything is, uh, sort of in, in flux. Yeah. Nothing is certain anymore. And, uh, you know, I've just learned how to kind of, I think everyone has learned how to just adjust to this, that's what the new normal is that there, you can't count on anything, man. Yeah. So, I mean, just kind of live, live day to day and enjoy it as much as you can, you know, yeah. nothing certain. So this being your first trip out to Australia and New Zealand, you're obviously pretty excited. And speaking to Doug, he, he seemed really excited about it. Um, yeah. how, how are you guys preparing for it? Are you uh, like, obviously you're a man who likes to travel with a lot of gear. Or likes to get oh, into right. the studio with a lot of gear. Are, right. are you sort of like agonizing about what you, you're going to be bringing with you or how you're going to present the shows or, or are you... A little bit, yeah, as far as gear goes. Not as far as the show itself. We've got that, I think, in a real sweet spot right now from having just done 30 shows in a row. We kind of, we're in a good spot with that. We've been, we've been locked in and been able to really just rip it. We don't even have like a physical set list anymore. We all know it. Yeah. We don't have to write it down. You know, it's, we're in the pocket right now. Um, but as far as gear, yeah. As far as like, I mean, we obviously don't travel with amplifiers or drums. That's all rental yeah. stuff when you leave the country. Um, but the promoter has been pretty good about sort of wrangling all of the things that we need or the things within, you know, reasonable parameters, what we can make work. And, and, you know, we've really, over the last, you know, pr prior to COVID, we've really kind of learned how to make anything work. I mean, we will certainly prefer certain gear over other gear, but, uh, you know, 
I think the mark of somebody who considers himself a pro is to be able to flip the switch no matter the circumstances. And I, I sort of take a little bit of pride in that almost of uh, making it work no matter what. Now, pedal board is difficult because I'm using two smaller ones right now, or I did on this last US tour. And I don't really want to condense that into one small board, but I don't want to bring one big board or two small boards because of baggage costs and, you know, having to drag stuff around airports. It's just a pain in the ass. So, yeah, I'm kind of, I haven't really, I haven't really got it all out and looked at it yet. I'm going to have to do that uh, about two weeks time and sort of decide who's coming and who isn't. It's like killing your children. I hate it. I was going to say, it's a bit like picking, sucks. picking which one of your kids you take to Disneyland and which one. Uh, you <laughs> it really is. So I don't know. It'll be fine. It's just, I would rather have a ton of different things and I, you know, you just can't, you know, yeah. it's okay. Have you like in the past, obviously you've gone over and done some touring in, uh, in Europe and I think you've been to the UK before. Do you, yeah, three times. Do you ever just like, pop over there with the minimum sort of stuff and just pick up stuff as you go and then maybe just like shift it on before you come back or? Uh, well, we've always been able to, you know, we always, like I said, we will bring guitars and pedal boards and then Douglas will bring his cymbals and his snare drum and a kick pedal, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And then we rent, you know, drum shells and hardware and we rent amplifiers and cabinets. Um, there's usually a pretty good selection of stuff, but, like the first European tour we did, we were support for this band, Big Business, who I love. Um, and I was like, let me just bring one guitar because I don't want to pay for extra baggage. And I didn't have a case that would hold two guitars. And then we played a show in Leeds in England. And uh, we played four songs and I broke a string and we had to basically end our set because yeah. I didn't have a backup guitar. And I... I, I didn't have enough time to, within the time that we were allotted, to put a new string on it. So, so yeah, I bought a guitar when I was over there. Yeah. Um, on that tour, and then also two different amplifiers that I had, that I was using on that first tour, both broke. So I had to buy like a small solid state bass head that I used for guitar just because I knew it wouldn't break, you know, it didn't sound exactly the way I wanted it, but it was very reliable. Yeah. So I now use that as my backup head in America. Um, so yeah, I mean, you just kind of learn how to learn how to make it work and, and not complain about it, which I used to and probably <laughs> still do to an extent complain constantly, but uh, I, I'm kind of, kind of trying to figure out how to be less sort of precious about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it must be difficult. Obviously, you're very meticulous about about your yeah. gear. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I, I sat down last night and had another look through your rig rundown, and it's just it's it's mind blowing the amount of stuff. <laughs> Dude, that's the tip of the iceberg. That's like maybe a fifth of the things that I have. You know, it's <laughs> crazy. You did have to go wide angle on the camera to fit everything in. Yeah, dude, I have four new guitars. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? Like it's crazy, you know, it's crazy. And I'm still on online looking at them every night, you know, <laughs> like it doesn't end. It's definitely an addiction. Oh yeah. yeah. Are you one of those people that sort of sits there and I know me and a lot of my friends, you know, we waste a lot of time sitting around like watching the JHS show and like Womp oh, yeah. videos and like Vertex videos and stuff like that. And just, 
obsessing over gear that we don't need. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was in a, uh, a guitar store here in Atlanta yesterday, and I have this pedal that Chase Bliss makes called the uh, Automaton Preamp Mark II. It does everything, you yeah. know. Um, and in that pedal is a preamp that's made by this company called Benson. Now, Benson also makes a standalone preamp yeah. that I already own. And I'm in the <laughs> store looking at their preamp pedals like an idiot. You know what I mean? It's a sickness, man. It really is a sickness. I caught myself doing it. I was like, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, but this one is blue. It's, just, it's the dumbest thing. I can't stop, man. It just It gives me so much pleasure, you know. I, I, I just love it. I love all that stuff so much. There's definitely worse addictions. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, awesome. And, and you're currently just driving around the, uh, the streets of Atlanta <laughs> trying to get home. Yeah, traffic here is so bad, dude. It's yeah. so bad. Uh, Atlanta's really spread out. It's not centralized like New York or Chicago is. It's more like LA in that it's it wasn't sort of planned out as a city. It's just sort of sprawl. It just yeah. keeps growing and growing and growing. So, yeah, it's fully going to take me an hour to get home. And I live in the city, and I'm just on the north side of the city, but it's it's going to take me an hour to go maybe 20 miles yeah this is how it is so i guess i just kind of want to ask as well about just georgia in general as a state like the amount of amazing music that's come out of there over the last 20 years like some yeah. of the bands that you you obviously played a lot of shows with but just straight off the top of my head you've got like mastodon down there you had kyle yeah. Lathar, you've got uh, Baroness as well, like just to name three that instantly popped to mind. Like, what is it about Georgia that has created this amazing scene? I don't know. It kind of happened naturally, I think. Uh, it's a smaller scene than people realize. I mean, uh, we practice at Bill Keller from Mastodon has a studio and, uh, you know, a handful of practice spaces. And we practice there. I'll be there tomorrow, you know. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, there was like in the early two thousands, there was kind of a heavy kind of sludge sort of scene in the South in the American South with new Orleans and Atlanta and Savannah, Memphis, Nashville, um, sort of bands that, you know, fused kind of punk and metal, uh, you know, sort of punk bands kind of trying to play metal which yeah. is where a lot of those bands came out of. Um, and I think it just kind of happened naturally, you know? Kylesa used to be this band called Dammit, D-A-M-A-D, and they were incredible. I used to see them all the time. Um, and that was kind of part of that same scene that, that Mastodon came out of, um, and Baroness as well. Um, I, don't really, I don't really have the answer to that because there's that whole, like, heavy music scene, but there's a really vibrant like punk scene here and like house shows and like really young bands that are really, um, I hate saying using the word really, but a lot of bands who are, who are excited and pretty tough sounding. And there's not a lot of crossover, strangely. Yeah. Uh, I love all those bands. We try to have those bands when we do an Atlanta show, we try to get some of those bands on the bill. So it's not just three, you know, heavy rock bands, but we'll have one that's more, we had this band called Vengas play our last Atlanta show and they've almost got like a 
swans kind of vibe to them. They're just killer. It's just like a wall of noise. I love them. Uh, and there's also like kind of a heavy garage rock scene here too. Bands like Black Lips and Coat Hangers sort of came out of the same scene. And Deer Hunter came out of that scene too, even though they're more of like kind of a shoegazy band. And there's just so many people here and there's so many people moving here that I think it's a function of math. It's just there are so many people here. You're going to get a couple good bands, you know? Yeah. Well, it would have been really interesting, I guess, as you guys were sort of coming up and making a name for yourselves, like being able to to be around some of those bigger bands that were coming out of that scene as well. Was there a bit of a, a kind of leg up given to you guys by by being in that scene and sort of like once you make a name for yourself down there, do you get thrown on bills? You've obviously toured with, uh, with like Baroness and Kyle Lesser before. Um, we've played shows with both those bands and we haven't toured with them. Oh, we've okay. done like fest- festivals and stuff together. Yeah. Um, and we know, we know them socially and stuff, but um, you know, the, we haven't really gotten what you'd call a leg up from any of those bands, but we have from Red Fang, even though they're from Portland. Yeah. the other side of the country. We've done two U.S. tours with them, and then we played a handful of shows in Europe with them as well. And uh, Adam Pike, who is their, their front of house sound person, just did sound for us on this last U.S. tour that we did. So, like, they have helped us a ton. Yeah. And prior to us touring together, we didn't really know each other or anything. Two of those guys came uh, to our show in Portland in, like, 2014 maybe 2014 or 2015 and saw us and um we had tried to we had tried to do a tour together prior to that but it didn't work out just for a couple different reasons scheduling and stuff um and then we started touring with them and just kind of hit it off and they you know even if they didn't intentionally try to sort of teach us how it's done just from us watching how they did it we've learned so much you know, they've, they've helped us more than we can ever repay. And, yeah. you know, the, the thing is just pay it forward and help the bands who we have open for us and kind of explain to them without being condescending, like, this is how you do it, you know? Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, man. They've helped us so much. It's just crazy. They're the best. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the guy who did their videos did our video, and he just directed a new video for us that's not out yet, Whitey. We did all those Red Fang videos. Like, we're so connected to them. It's crazy. We used to have the same booking agent, you know? Like, I don't know. They, I, I love them so much, but they've, they're a huge part of the limited success that we have had so far. Red Fang is a huge part of it. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say it's been so limited, the success you've had so far. You've got plenty of fans all around the world. And, like, these, these shows in Australia, they're, I'm pretty sure most of them have sold out or – they're pretty close to, to selling out. So yeah. Uh, yeah. It's going to be That's exciting, cool. man. Yeah. Yeah. It's really exciting. And, and you've got some great bands coming along with you in Australia too. Just some great local bands that are going to be, uh, you'll be able to pass that knowledge that Red Fang have passed on to you. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. We've kind of let um, the, the promoter sort of, sort of handle that as far as like, you know, different bands and stuff in the past, we've tried to stay really involved with it, but the, the, the busier we get, the more there just isn't time to do it. So we just kind of have to surround ourselves with people who we trust and kind of defer to their judgment. 
Um, and then, you know, you give people the benefit of the doubt. And if they, I mean, if they fuck you over, then we just don't work with them again, you know, and it does happen, but uh, I've learned to kind of loosen the grip a little bit, let people do their job. And I just do my job. You know? uh, well, I think we're pretty much covered. Every oh, no, I'm completely forgetting here. Sorry. I'm a little bit muddled Whoa. this morning. Uh, <laughs> um, new album, new album. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's <laughs> small deal. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, very exciting. So we've we've obviously heard a taste of uh, of the studio sessions with imposter right. syndrome coming out a right. couple of months ago, but I think you were saying that that's kind of like a standalone deal. That's not something that's going to be on the album. Don't really know. I mean, I it it kind of depends. We don't have a, like a release date yet for the album. Um, so and as soon as we do, of course we're going to crank everything up and everyone will know it'll be all over the internet. Yeah. But, um, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we recorded that song at the same time as all the other songs. Um, it's just that when, when we had this first tour coming back since the pandemic, um, it's sort of, it's difficult to get press to cover your tour unless it is attached to a new record, a new, video a new whatever you kind of have to bundle things together to get any attention and we just know this from having done it in the past if you just have a bunch of tour dates up no one's really gonna post anything about it unless they're like a personal friend or doing you a favor so that was the thinking like hey let's go ahead and release this song so people can you know get a feel for where we're at and it, you know it's taken us a long time to get the record out for for a variety of reasons not the least of which is a global pandemic but Prior to that, and I've mentioned this in other interviews and stuff, people who are familiar with us, I'm sure already know, but like I had a series of injuries back to back that really slowed us down. And then like getting, um, getting Douglas in the band and kind of like us all playing shows together and playing really regularly and kind of, you know, feeling each other out creatively. So everyone feels satisfied in, in their role. It just takes time. You know, you, we're not the kind of band that goes, here's your part, play it. I mean, we're, we're just not, we just, we, we do stuff together. I mean, I write all the words, but as far as arrangements and as far as riffs and all that stuff, like we all do it together and everyone has equal input, you know? So that just takes time to do, you know, because writing at its core is revision. No one gives birth to a golden egg, man. You know, you've got to just keep working on it until it's something special. We will not put out a record unless we think it's special. You know? Yeah, and I, I think this record is going to be special. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if that's the first taste from it, that sounded pretty special, and it's just uh, it was just nice to have a bit of an introduction to Doug as well. Yeah. Oh, he's a bruiser. Wait till you see him play live. He's the sweetest guy on earth, and was like, you know, raised by very nice, well-adjusted Midwestern parents. But he is an animal, man. And yeah. I'm the first person to go like, they don't really hit that hard. People, I, everyone thinks they hit hard. Everyone does. Everyone's, oh, I'm a monster. <laughs> Doug is legitimately a monster. He's, we're keeping him, dude. I'm not yeah. going to let him leave this band ever. He, <laughs> he's at my house right now. I mean, he's living with me. Like, he is my, yeah. my baby brother. Yeah. That guy is phenomenal. And just, just genuinely a nice guy too. Like, he's a good person, man. Traveling with him is great. He's a good I, person. I, you know, I, yeah. I chatted with him for like five minutes before I started the interview and I'm like, this guy's brilliant. Like I, I could talk yep. to him all day. He's really funny too, man. 
uh, when we were uh, at a show at, near the end of this last tour, these fellas uh, bought a poster and they, they uh, wanted everyone in the band to sign it. And Douglas was breaking down his drums. And I said, hey, Douglas, do you mind coming and um, signing this poster for these guys? And Douglas said, I'll sign it twice. <laughs> He's funny, man. He's always, yeah. He's a really bright guy. He's a hell of a musician, not just drums. I mean, he can play guitar and bass and keys and everything, you know. He's awesome. great. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I won't hold you for too much longer. But, um, yeah, really excited to see you guys down in Australia and New Zealand. And I'm sure you guys are thrilled to be coming too. So, um, shows on the Gold Coast in Brisbane, Sydney, Wollongong, Canberra, Frankston, Melbourne and Adelaide. So, you're covering a fair bit of ground. and uh, yeah. Really excited to have you down here and uh, looking forward to having a chat with you when you land in the country. Oh, for sure. Um, I've, I'm a big coffee person. And from what, I've under, what I understand, Australia has got like the third wave coffee on lock. So I'm yeah. excited about that. Also, my two favorite bands ever in my life are both Australian bands. And that's ACDC, Akadeka, if you guys call them, <laughs> and the, birth, the birthday party. And basically, our band can be traced to equal parts of both of those bands, you know, yeah. uh, some of my favorite, and I'm not, I'm not just kissing ass because we're coming there. I legitimately mean that those are my two favorite bands. Uh, so I, I've always wanted to go to Australia just as a tourist. So to be able to go there and play music is really a blessing. You know, I'm excited. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'll let you go, Christian, but thank you very much for joining me and, uh, we'll see you next month. Thank you for your time, man. I appreciate, uh, you sticking with it and all the scheduling, trying to make it happen. Uh, I realized it was a bit of a pain in the ass, so I do no, appreciate it. All good. Always happy to have a chat. Thank you. All right, man. Take care.